Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Come in, Igor. It's Gregor, Dr. Wolfenstein. Oh my God, what have you done to yourself? Well, I want to watch all the March Madness basketball games, Tigor, so I've used my latest invention, the teleporter reintegrator something something, to infuse my own DNA with the genetic code of a sloth. Doctor, this is madness. Hey, never call me mad. Usually I would hit you for that, but it's way too much work. Would you please go ahead and hit yourself, Smogor? Ow! Even as a sloth, your will is too strong for me to resist. (laughs) No one can make me do anything now except watch basketball and television and eat snacks. Speaking of that, could you move one of the other branches closer to me? I've eaten all the leaves off this one. Is that all you eat? Yeah, leaves and more leaves. I have a special slow-acting stomach and a low metabol... You know, this is just too exhausting to explain. Hey, I also need you to turn the TV Upside down. I should have thought of that. You're just going to hang like that for weeks? Yeah, yeah. And with these claws, I can't really fill out my brackets. So go ahead and pick up that sheet right there and read each one, and I'm going to tell you what to write in there. Okay, Virginia versus Coastal Carolina. Dr. Wolfenstein? Dr. Wolfenstein. I'll just write in Virginia. Meanwhile, get ready for our annual Bill Curry and Julia Pastel Hour of Bracket Love. And now, he just found out Gonzaga was not a kind of cheese. Colin McEnroe. Yeah, I thought that was the crumbled Gonzaga. They put it in your salad or something like that. All right. It's time, uh, Wolfie. I need the fanfare. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth or possibly fifth annual Bill and Julia Hour of March Madness Bracket Love, featuring Julia Pistel, director of writing programs at the Mark Twain House, Bill Curry, founder of CT Improv, Bill Curry, a political analyst uh, and a former advisor in the Clinton White House, sports writer Will Leach, John Gallagher, head coach of the Hartford Hawks basketball team, and Brand Stilley, vice president for enrollment at Wofford College. It's pretty exciting when I say it that way. Woo. So that's who's on the show today. Uh, and it is, you know, if you're just totally in the dark about this uh, and there are people walking around you talking about brackets and things like that and you just feel like you'd like to have some kind of a clue, this is the show for you. Uh, and what we're going to do here is uh, just, you know, help you fill out your brackets. You're going you're to hear our two uh, basketball analysts who've been with us from the very beginning. Julia Pistel, uh, who's uh, from CT Improv in the Mark Twain House and who at the beginning of things – I don't think you really knew anything about basketball. Like the, your first nothing. year, you could, you knew nothing. Thanks really. a lot, and, Colin. And, and how much do you feel you've learned from us? <laughs> that was what I was going to ask. None. Try to quantify. Nothing. 
yeah. That's what I was thinking. You big goose egg. Yeah. yeah. But she's done a really good this job like about the, yeah. preserving that kind of innocence yeah. that she has. Yeah. You know, about- it's always because I fill out my bracket instead of listening to you, Bill, when you're delivering your real knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, under, yeah. Uh, whether at a cocktail party or here in the studio. Oh, yeah. If I start stuff. talking, you start filling out a bracket of some it. kind. Yeah. So, so uh, Julia and Bill, they've been working together on this show, on our annual show, ever since we began doing it. We don't really keep records, so we have no idea which year we started doing it. Do you feel like it's been four years, five years? We've been on the year five years. Uh, then it feels like uh, probably eight. All right. Yeah. The big question <laughs> is when ten. we did the year with the bird brackets, I think we did that instead of. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We did a whole field of 64 and it was birds and we had people from the Audubon Society. Yeah. I think that might have been a mistake that year. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. In you which case, this is I'm our sorry, fifth three time. Years to, three years to reflect and you're at it might have been a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we're still okay. Well, fine. I just, I just believe in preserving this tradition. I'd actually forgotten that we did that. We did a whole bracket that was uh, not yeah. basketball teams. It was only birds. Let me just say that I, I still live with a great emotional hole in in my psyche from the year in which Julia uh, had a better bracket than me, based on which school's mascots could beat up the other school's mascots. Yeah, well, yeah, we that was Julia, that was a searing experience. Julia, take us through the methodology you've used, used sure. so far. Like you, you tried several different ways to fill out these brackets. Sure. Right? So the first year, um, you asked me because you guys determined I was the person who would know the least about basketball, which mm-hmm. was kind. So I just came in with just blind, um, didn't prepare at all. Second year, um, but I don't like to, you know, be dumb or play dumb. So I like to just infuse other kind of knowledge. So the second year, I anagrammed all the team names, and that mm-hmm. was really fun. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Then we did bird bracket. That was a little off topic. Then we did mascots last year, and then this year, here's my big reveal. Well, I thought there was one year where you did your first impression of the place. That, that was the, the f- that was the first year. Yeah. That was the first year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was like to what skip it, over that. Whatever yeah. you thought. Yeah. You, the first thing that came into your head when you heard about the place that the the college and the team were from, right? Exactly. Okay. So this year, um, I'm very excited. This is by far the most logical of my choices. I have chosen foods that the place is known for on the logic that this is probably what the players' bodies are partially made of. All right. So give us an example. It's not bad, actually. Sure. So um, (laughs) let's see. Okay. In our our West Quarter. I don't even know what to call these. Division. Um, We've got. What did you call them the first time? The quarter? (laughs) Quarter. I'm just looking at the quarter of the page. What quarter Um, of the page? So for Arizona. So um, I looked up uh, historical foods, uh, foods from state fairs, and then just. You know, whatever. Well, you did a lot of research. The internet yeah. is my source. Yeah. All right. So, um, Googling as fast as I could, we have Arizona, which is known for its deep fried scorpion at the state fair. Mm. And then we have Weber State, which. Uh, grills. Je- They're known for grills, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I got no. jello. I got okay. jello here. <laughs> okay. Just let her finish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she so, said Weber. I thought yeah, grill. Yeah, yeah. In the scorpion we, versus we, jello matchup. I think it's called Weber State, actually. See, actually. see like, how yeah. little I know. Okay. No, that, well, nobody knows Weber still. Even, yeah. if, if Even the people who go there grills. don't know how to pronounce it. They yeah. say Weber, yeah. too. So. so, yeah, they eat the most jello per capita. Um, in Weber at State? At that school? That's, uh, in that area. Yeah, in, the in area. that area. Jello so, shots? Yeah. Just jello. I mean, I, it, didn't you don't know. it didn't say. It didn't say, okay. Bill. I so, have to research so a lot of the thing about the here. internet. So, scorp- you know, it scorpion versus jello, you picked. I'm going scorpion. It's got scorpion. more protein yeah, and it's strong. Scorpion yeah. could definitely beat jello. Yeah, so that's just an example that's of the a, kind excellent. of And there they are. It's a one in 16 slots. So, so far, she's tracking the selection committee. Okay? No brainer. You'd put that down as a 98% outcome? Because right. uh, that's how Nate Silver had yeah, it. Nate Silver. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> Scorpion over Jello. Yes, yeah, so go ahead. I should <laughs> say, by the way, if you're filling out a bracket, if you have questions, why you would 
come to us with a question. I don't know if you have comments. <laughs> Eight, six, well, actually, we will have like real, you know, we'll, we'll have John Gallagher at a certain point who joined us last year. He's the head coach of the Hartford Hawks uh, basketball team at the University of Hartford. Uh, he does know a lot about the draw. So, I mean, when he's here and, and Bill possibly, hey, Bill I thinks might, he knows a lot about the draw. Yeah, that's right. I might actually say something. Isn't yeah. that what you're thinking? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 860-275-7266. Call up whatever's in your heart right now. 860-275-7266. So that's Julia's approach. And I, I want to hear as we go along some other examples of this, particularly as particular matchups come up. So what's, yeah. what process are you using? Well, um, <clears throat> I'm using a, a process that's a, a little more re- reflective of how I think most basketball fans approach this. And while coming up with this, it occurred to me how much two of my great passions, politics and basketball, how they've been converging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I'll probably have more to say about that if you give me the chance over the course of the hour. You might be well advised not to. But <laughs> but one of the things is just grudges. Yeah. You know, like our politics, our mm-hmm. basketball basketball fandom is just laced with grudges. And, uh, and so, you know, I want UConn uh, to beat St. Joe's. Uh, UConn was uh, somewhat dissed by being ranked seventh. Uh, they're in with a very competitive first game, very competitive first game. Then they face Villanova, which is still in the Big East. And I have a lot of issues with the Big East now that we're gone. So I'm I'm picking UConn, you know. And it's kind of just sort of goes through that. Uh, Kentucky uh, has had uh, an up and down season. Uh, Calipari uh, never got along with Calhoun. I'm I'm against them, and I can I find that, and this is probably a point that I should reflect on myself in mm. some quieter moment, but right. I can get through about half the bracket this way. <laughs> I can get through about you just know, on pure 16, 16, 20 games. Just on pure bile just, just, just and on, anger. Just on who, who... Who you hate, basically. Yeah, who who did wrong to some team that, that I like. Um, so, uh, you know, there are a lot of new wrinkles this year, including, uh, Julia, if your food model t- turns out right and you remember to register and enter... And I don't think the deadline has come up yet. You could win one billion dollars from Warren Buffett. Do you know about this? Is that true? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Warren Buffett has I set up this challenge. I would have done a lot challenge. more research. <laughs> <laughs> but you, here's, here's the problem: you have to pick every single game correctly. You can't just pick the final four. You can't. It's. I mean, you have to know. You have to correctly predict the outcome of every single one of these games, starting with the original field of sixty-four. I think you don't have to pick the two play-in games somehow or other. I don't know how he works around that, but you don't have to. Um, so, yeah, a billion dollars. And, and wow. so we're, we're hearing these astronomical odds against anybody doing this. But, Bill, I know you think that you can, you can – it, it can be done. I'm already spending the money, uh, frankly. I feel, I feel that confident yeah. in my own brackets uh, uh, based, on the, uh, based on the analysis I just laid out. But um, actually, I, do th- I, I, I don't trust it. And I know that Nate Silver and every mathematician in the world – and it's something – there's a limit to probability <laughs> to, to, to what probability theory can have, right? And there is a degree to which the expertise uh, the, of, of 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 an analyst brings those uh, numbers down. Now, what does it bring it down to? I think it brings it down. My, my guess is that it brings it down to something like normal lottery range. Hmm. The the uh, Buffett and Quick and say it's one in uh, one quadrillion. Uh, uh, I think uh, Nate Silver had it w- at one in 165 billion mm-hmm. that someone could guess all 64 of these matches right, and uh, I yeah. that's counterintuitive to me. Yeah, and there's so much of a human element. I mean, who knows what any of these players are going to do? So, you know, it's not a pure mathematical experience. Well, Julia, using your method, I want to let, let, let's pick yeah. sort of a, a closer matchup. For example, we, okay. we're told Great. that. Um, 
the t- a twelve five matchup is the typical uh, upset. So that way, like for example, sure. in the South quarter, as you call it, uh, <laughs> it would be Stephen F. Austin versus VCU, sure. uh, or or you know, pick something like that. Anyway, pick something okay. like this. Give us a, give us sure. a close matchup, and then so, like, use the food uh, regression. Sure, sure. So um, with SF Austin, um, they're at a state fair near there. They serve fried Nutella, which is delicious, of course. And at VCU, they uh, in Virginia, they're known for Brunswick stew, which had squirrel in it. It's a historical meal. <laughs> so I chose, although it's really tempting to go with fried Nutella, yeah. um, that just seems more like a fad item, whereas Brunswick stew has lasted 400 years. So I'm going to assume they have more stamina and, you know, a with mystery. With squirrel game. in it, though? Yeah, it has. Yeah, I, with squirrel in it. I think the chance of Julia being right yeah. is about one in a quadrillion. <laughs> <laughs> I think Buffett. I think Buffett was, you know, was picturing you. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying that if Julia, me, and Nate Silver, yeah. Nate Silver's chance of getting this right is so many times greater. I like Julia's <laughs> chances. I, you know, and, and if the players are eating squirrel Brun- uh, Brunswick stew, provided they don't eat the squirrel brains, which is very dangerous to do. But the, it could make them scamper better and, and leap. Squirrels are very agile. Absolutely. I, well, okay. Let me ask you, Colin. What would you choose? Between uh, North Carolina and their emu tacos and Providence's <laughs> Johnny Cakes. I mean, that's well, really uh, no, tough. I, no, I think emu tacos, because emus are nasty. They will drill your to, butt. There you go. Yeah, they are hard to catch. They are nasty. <laughs> they are miserable creatures who hate everybody. I selected yeah. similarly. Yeah. yeah. Although this isn't what food you hunt. Yeah. Okay. Can this you, is what can you really you get consume. emu tacos? Tacos in North Carolina, you can get you can. emu tacos? You can, says the internet. All right. So <laughs> it's absolutely true. All right. So we do welcome your uh, phone calls, your questions. Uh, we, we consider it <laughs> unlikely that you will do anything like uh, calling us. But 860-275-7266, we're live here in the afternoon. We want to help you with your bracket. 860-275-7266. We did uh, talk to Will Leach. Will Leach is a very famous sports writer. I think uh, when you hear this, I, I had to speak to him in an undisclosed uh, hotel room because, uh, as many of you know, this is a time. One of the things that happens at this time of year is that men who want to watch the games and don't want to be disturbed and don't want anybody asking them to do anything actually do. We are told schedule vasectomies, uh, and so that way, at least for the first weekend, nobody can bother them. And actually, it is true that vasectomy clinics now offer special vasectomy things. Get it on the Wednesday and then rest on Thursday and Friday. So thus, thus the phrase March Madness. Right, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Will is holed up somewhere, uh, I think, applying ice to himself, uh, and we talked to him. I talked to him a couple days ago. Joining us now is Will Leach. He was the founder of Deadspin. He's a columnist for New York Magazine. Also, Sports on Earth, the Will Leach Experience, the Will Leach line of uh, sheets, towels, and pillowcases at JCPenney. So the, the delicate balance, I think, that we strike if we're trying to you know, watch the NCAAs and, and, and sort of parse out our own feelings about them is what we really want, I think, is to see some teams that are not heartless proto-capitalist machines, you know, that are designed to produce great basketball results sneak in there, right? We want the Cinderella team, the team that isn't like that, that isn't a big factory, uh, to, to win once in a while. But how, how likely are we to ever get those? 
Well, it's interesting because we tend to like it theoretically, but then you know the the two lowest NCAA championship games of the la- lowest rated championship games of the last ten years were the two involving Butler, which you know <laughs> the ultimate kind of underdog. You know, I think we we like it in the micro, but maybe on the macro. But certainly, yeah, that is the joy of the term in a lot of ways. And what's strange is. You know, I think one of the reasons that the term is, is, is actually like becoming even more of a thing than it's always been. The, the game of college basketball itself has had a lot more parity than it used to. You know, you're seeing a lot of the top talent leaving earlier and maybe being more raw players uh, when they're in college than they would have been in the past. So, giving some of those young, uh, some, you know, those teams without the big stars that maybe have played together for a longer time a little bit more of an advantage. Also, uh, three-point shooting is a much larger part of the game, and that increases the possibility that one team that is not as talented gets hot while the other one struggles. Uh, so, to me, one of the fun parts about college basketball is, sure, it's very clear that like you know, Duke is always going to be good, Kentucky is always going to be good, but the difference between the top and the middle, and, and more accurately, the big schools and the smaller schools, the gap has tightened a, a lot in the last 10 years. I think it makes for, for the tournament to be makes it that much more exciting. You know, for years, for over the last 25 years, there were only, I think, four times where a 15 seed beat a two seed. That's now happened three times in the last two years. Eventually, I think someday a 16 seed is going to be the one seed, and I think we will really true reach a, a true peak parity. Well, you know, for a lot of people who just aren't imbued with this, who haven't gone to school on this, have not studied, but want to follow the tournament because everybody at the office is talking about it, a lot of times it's the little side trips, right? The little things that that you as a writer and you actually as an editor have helped people learn to enjoy. Like one of the things that that it seems to be fascinating a lot of people this year is Wooshock, who's the mascot for the Wichita State team, which is, of course, the undefeated team going into the tournament. You know, it's it's these little things that – I mean, we should explain. Wooshock is part of a whole kind of generation of nightmarishly weird-looking mascots, right? Yeah, my favorite uh, this year is, uh, he's an ongoing one, is the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Of course, it is impossible to personify a hurricane. So uh, they, they just they just make him a tornado, <laughs> which is which I, I kind of appreciate. Like, okay, general wind pattern. Uh, those, those, those will, those will just, just link together, I suppose, as much as we can. But, yeah, it is fun. You know, uh, it's a shame Western Kentucky did not make the tournament this year, but they famously have this large red blob. They've made the tournament the last few years, and it's kind of this amorphous, strange nightmare mascot. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, it is fun. I think that it's kind of great because you know, one of the things that I love about the tournament, I think people that really get into it love about it, is, you know, it's not – our pro sports are dominated by New York and Boston and Los Angeles and Chicago and all these larger cities. And, and, and our college sports, even in that, are often dominated by the Blue Bloods. But one of the great things about the tournament is, for one, I always think of a few years ago, a little school in a town whose name I can't pronounce, something like Nagashawat, Los, uh, Louisiana, from Northwestern State. They beat Iowa on a last-second three-point shot, a 14-seed beating a three. And for that five-minute stretch, maybe even longer, but they're on the highlight shows of yesterday, this tiny town, which has roughly 6,000 people uh, not counting the campus, this tiny town became the center of the sports world. That was the number one play on Sports Center on Fox Sports Live. And that was all everyone wanted to talk about. I love that about a college basketball tournament. Lehigh, when they beat Duke a couple of years ago, uh, Florida Gulf Coast being the great example from last year, Dunk City. Uh, the idea that, like, these schools are, like, a lot of these are commuter schools. A lot of these are, like, you're surprised they even have a team. But when they get in the tournament, they get a chance to, even if not necessarily win, play on the stage with these, uh, these teams. And particularly in, in, in amateur basketball, amateur meaning, of course, 
course, what, what it will. Uh, there's a romantic notion of that. I think uh, Hoosiers probably personified that best. But people love that idea of, uh, of smaller schools having a, sc- a chance to get the big guys, and nothing lets that happen more than college basketball. Yeah, it gives me great pleasure just to discover. First of all, one thing that I'm reminded of every year is there are probably more colleges with the word Carolina somewhere in their name <laughs> than there than any other sort of single common denominator in universities. But even like this year, there's a a college called Mercer, which I, you know, I knew the songwriter, but uh, who knew that there was even a, a place called Mercer? Uh, apparently it's in, it's in Macon, Georgia. And yeah, for them, and it's one of the reasons that Wofford, the Wofford Terriers have become kind of our, our sister college on this program is they, they played UConn in the first round years ago. So we, we kind of got to know Wofford and, and now this is their, their third time back to the big dance. And you do realize that this can really mean a lot to these colleges. I mean, in terms of exposure, this is the one maybe the one week of the year where one, one series of weeks of the year where people are really focused on the American university climate. It's a chance for a college to actually introduce itself to the world. Yeah, certainly, you know, one great example of this is Gonzaga. This yeah. is a very uh, t- a small school in Spokane who have seen not only enrollment uh, and admissions, but applications. Like their standards uh, for admission have literally gone up since the, the basketball team has become such a national profile. Now, to be fair, that's Gonzaga doing that over a period of 10 years, and, and you know, so they still had John Stockton play there. They, they were, didn't come completely out of nowhere, but there is palpable uh, advantages to this in a lot of ways. And, you know, to me, I, I too, I love learning about all some of the smaller schools. I have a friend of mine that has a firm rule in the tournament never to pick a team with the name state in it that's not actually a state. Uh, <laughs> Weber State being the best example of that this year. I've, I've yet to find the state of Weber but uh, I'm sure when I do, I will discover the source of the basketball prowess. It's time for March. Madness. It's time for March. All right, we're back with our annual Bill and Julia Hour of March Madness Bracket Love. Uh, this is when we help you pick uh, your brackets. We discuss the thing that is called March Madness. Before we bring John Gallagher on board, uh, our actual authentic basketball expert, he's the head coach of the Hartford Hawks basketball team at the University of Hartford. He's out on a recruiting trip right now, so he'll be joining us by cell phone. But before we do this, once again, we want to kind of come back to uh, the two models that are be- being used here in studio to fill out brackets. Julia has gone with foods, the food that is uh, the interesting food that's in indigenous to the area where the college is from. She pits food against food. Her theory is that some part of the players' bodies are probably made up of that food if they're eating indigenously. So um, I'm going to go to the to the eastern uh, quarter, as we're now calling it. And uh, so we've got a, a game against M- Michigan State, uh, the Spartans. They have a big movie out right now, right? 300 is back, uh, versus Delaware, the Blue Hens. Uh, so, uh, Julia, analyze this one, and then we'll throw it over to Bill Curry. All right, great. Well, I mean, I want to say again, there were a lot of choices for every state um, for foods. But I went with, for Michigan, mint. They make a lot of mint. They export a lot of mint. Um, uh, they don't make a lot of mint. What, they grow a, grow a lot of mint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Well, you know, the ground <laughs> makes it, Colin. Right. Wow, really splitting hairs now. <laughs> and uh, uh, for Delaware, I went with peaches. Um, now, mint versus peaches. Mint versus peaches. Now, this is a tough one. Two really simple foods, but um, peaches go bad really fast, and mint is, you know, it's a really strong flavor. It's not going to rot on you really quick. So I'm going with Michigan on this one. 
Okay, so Michigan State over Delaware. I know. Right. I just want to say. I just want to say. First of all, I wish this was the year in which I finished filling up my bracket because I have you. Okay, but I can <laughs> I can tell right now this this goes. Over. Well, we haven't actually re- revealed how her final four stacks up. Yeah. We'll do that towards the end of the show. Uh, so Bill Curry is filling out his bracket as much as possible based on grudges, animosity, bile, and uh, peevishness. Right, and this would be one of my weaker ones in uh, most people's views, but I go with Delaware here because. Uh, UConn has been to the Final Four four times. We were 6-0 and in winning three national championships, and the one loss was to Michigan. And again, it's not that there was anything wrong with Tom Izzo or the team or how they played or sportsmanship. It had nothing to do with that. They won. Mm-hmm. They won, and that's a legitimate thing to hold against them for as long as you live. All right. Absolutely. And so uh, Delaware, you know, when, can anybody ever – can anybody name – Anything that Delaware's done to hurt any of us except for incorporating all those corporations that no one can find. But apart from that one big exception, it's a lovely state. And if you've ever been there at Azalea Time. Yeah, I mean, they never hurt lovely. me at yeah. Azalea Time in Delaware. You yeah. probably have been. They, I have <laughs> yeah. been, actually, there in yeah. Azalea Time. It's a wonderful time. Joining us now, uh, John Gallagher. Uh, he's uh, made the mistake of coming back after last year, uh, and he's the head coach of the Hartford Hawks basketball team at the University of Hartford. He's on a recruiting trip right now, joining us by a cell phone. John Gallagher, where are you right now? Well, you're not even there. So, <laughs> so that was a bit, that was an especially good question to ask him. Let me see if we got, we've got John. John Gallagher, are you there? Maybe he did decide it was a mistake. I'm going to pop him on hold right now, uh, and we'll see what's going on with that. By the way, you, yeah, meanwhile, we are getting some uh, people also rashly and foolishly calling in. Here's Stephen in South Glastonbury. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Uh, what's on your mind? Okay, just wanted to say that. Um, Back in the 70s, uh, I attended Gonzaga University, and it's in Spokane, not Spokane, Washington. And by the way, Oregon is said Oregon, not Oregon. Uh, I'm originally from Connecticut, but when you got out there, you were re-educated. I also attended UConn for two days. <laughs> so, um, so but that actually is sort of an interesting thing. Oregon is very uh, finicky about pronunciation there. So, so say the correct because pr- I always do it wrong. People yeah, did, always phone in. Did, did living Oregon. out in Oregon make you sensitive? No, you said, you said it wrong. You said it wrong. <laughs> well, that was yeah. 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 Well, you ask any Oregonians uh, how nice the state was, they would always say it's awful. Don't come here because they don't want. They don't anybody. want you to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pronounced Oregon, not like Argon gas, but Oregon. Well, then it's spelled wrong. Yeah. Well, that's the way they say it. <laughs> that doesn't make it right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, it, it and it's Spokane, not Spokane. Correct. All right. Both of which were very difficult for me as an Easterner to learn. Was And Gonzaga, nobody really talked about the Gonzaga basketball program in the 1970s. I no, uh, the school was primarily into uh, baseball at that time and did very, very well. Um, it's What's interesting is I went to University of Chicago undergraduate, and we had gotten out, and Spokane, Washington, and Gonzaga had also gotten out of uh, football back right. in the 20s. Um, you know, University of Chicago got out of it under Amos Alonzo Stock, who's a very famous uh, coach. And then they did the first nuclear chain reaction underneath the football uh, stadium and then convinced the government mm-hmm. to tear it down because they didn't want it anymore. And they figured, they told the government it was radioactive. Uh, it was during <laughs> a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so and then they sort of replaced all that with economics. Um, all right, we're going to go. I think we've yeah, got to John Gallagher back here. Why did you want to say something? John Gallagher, uh, you're on the road right now, right? Oh, hold on. Now, now it's my fault. Now I'm not potting him out. There we go. John Gallagher, uh, the coach of the Hartford Hawks, is joining us right now. He's on a recruiting trip. So, John Gallagher, where in the United States are you, or would you prefer you not, to re- not to reveal that? I'm in the middle of New Jersey, and I'm just – all a, a recruit, and then I'm heading down to the Pennsylvania State playoff games tonight. So uh, it's been a busy time of year for us. But the NCAA tournament, I like your uh, 
how you pick games on uh, what food or mint. I like that, the mint versus the peaches. That's yeah. very interesting. <laughs> All right. So I know one thing you do want to talk about is just the selection process, right? These teams, uh, by the time we get their, these brackets, these teams have been slotted into different places for people who are NPR listeners and don't follow this. I mean, it, it is sort of important what seed you get. You get an e- easier draw, at least initially, if you're a higher seed. And there were some big surprises for you, right? Uh, just the, the two shockers, actually. One was the Michigan State being a four. Uh, they, they're they one of the best eight teams in the country. And then Louisville being a four. Um, just really unfortunate for Manhattan and Delaware, in my opinion. Uh, both of those teams, uh, you know, they could win the national championship. And the NCAA, obviously, they looked at, they looked at Louisville's body of work uh, and they, you know, <laughs> you could tell me the, the body work all you want. At the end of the day, Louisville is one of the best eight teams in the country. So I think it's really unfortunate for all the Delaware fans out there. Um, you know, the head coach of Delaware is a good guy, Monte Ross. He was the assistant coach when I, when I played at St. Joe's. Uh, so I thought that was really unfortunate. And then Manhattan, uh, out of the MAC conference, they've had a great year, and then they get Louisville. I just think – really unfortunate well you know the other thing yeah go ahead uh, just uh coach with it with with the saint joe's uconn game coming up uh i think both those teams got somewhat dissed and it's to to uconn's disadvantage to some degree which you know in the ap and coaches polls would have been would have been a five seed if if you'd gone by that and and i think saint joe's is better and so uconn's i think facing a pretty tough game against a very very competitive component whereas they might have had an easier Go. Do you agree yeah, with that? Yeah. And and, yeah, I, and, I and totally do you have an opinion, you know, you have an opinion on, as to why? I vote on the coaches' poll too, so it's really interesting. I was shocked that UConn was a seven. I thought they were, um, you know, a five or six, six at worst. Um, and St. Joe's, I had them in, you know, I had them in the eight, you know, the, the seven or eight seed. Yeah. So it's really two teams that are really playing, I think, pretty pretty good basketball and. Uh, you know, St. Joe's is on a roll right now, and I think UConn, uh, the job Kevin Ollie's done in the two years is just magnificent. I mean, just unbelievable job he's done. Uh, so I think it, that, that could be one of the better games in the NCAA tournament. Well, just to sort of stay with that notion, too, uh, obviously UConn is now in the American Athletic Conference, uh, and it, it is possible, I think, that, that the conference itself is not enjoying perhaps the kind of respect that uh, other conferences do. Many people are saying that Southern Methodist University is probably the, the highest-ranked best team not to make it into the conference, uh, not to make it into the field of 64 or 66 at all, also part of this conference conference that was a little flung together from, from pieces of other conferences during the big shakeup, right? I, I think the conference itself didn't get the respect that it deserved uh, from top to bottom. I, I thought it was a better conference. Um, you know, I'm a huge Fran Dunphy um, Temple fan. I think them de- being a little down this year hurt the conference normally. And next year, Temple will be a top 25 team. They have three, they have three uh, high, you know, top 100 players sitting out. Uh, so I thought that hurt them. I think SMU overall should have got in. Uh, you know, we, we could argue uh, Tennessee. Uh, you could argue uh, Iowa. You could argue. I thought SMU should have gotten in um, because the two of their three losses in the last three games, one was to Louisville, and the other one was to Memphis, uh, and they had Louisville beat. 
And I just think, you know, you're taking a team out that has had, you know, I think they've had five top 50 wins. That's a, that's a large number of wins. And I know people are going to say, well, they got to go play people out of conference. Uh, you know, when you're building a program like Coach Brown is, uh, you know, he still beat five top 20, top 50 teams. I mean, I still, I still think he deserves to get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I still think the SEC uh, is still a weaker conference uh, than uh, the, you know, from top to bottom than the uh, American Athletic Conference. And I could argue, you could argue, there's some some very bad teams in the SEC. So I, I thought SMU got was the one team that has a has a gripe. Coach, well, yeah, let's just. Uh, I want to go over to Julia for a second because you know mm-hmm. John Gallagher has mentioned this um, yeah. the Manhattan versus Louisville matchup. He feels that Louisville oh. is uh, way too uh, low a seed. It, it, that obviously puts Manhattan at, at a considerable disadvantage. So, running your eye over to the Midwestern Midwest quarter, give us a sense uh, food wise how that one shakes well, out. Well, I mean, how on earth are bagels going to stand up to bourbon? I mean, really, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But you know. If there's anywhere that can do it, a Manhattan bagel can do it. So I have selected them to move forward um, because players playing mostly on bourbon is not going to work out. But, yeah, I agree. It's totally unfair. Also totally unfair, uh, UConn and St. Joe's, as you mentioned. Now, obviously, Connecticut is the home of the hamburger, so that's obviously not a seven-seed food of course that should be much higher so what did you give uh, what what is uh, st joseph's what's their food uh philly cheesesteak ah. so, so hamburger versus cheesesteak that's a good matchup that's a toss-up right <laughs> just there. as you guys are saying with yeah. real basketball knowledge that's a that's a tough yeah, matchup this is uncanny actually. yeah it is incredible but i really think the burgers are gonna are gonna take that round um, <laughs> i want to say take that take that i'd have coach. to argue i'd have to argue against that yeah that's <laughs> right you well you paid for you played for st joe's right well, I also eat, uh, and, you know, anytime I take a long trip and I come home to Philly, to my hometown, I, I get a cheesecake with fried onions. So, I mean, yeah. it's the first well, thing we get. Well, go, <laughs> going back to Manhattan versus Louisville, one of the things that I did uh, for this was I did some musical analyses uh, of some of these uh, games. So, Wolfie, do we have the Manhattan? Okay, so here's, we'll start with the Louisville song. This is uh, <laughs> Louisville, the song Louisville by Dwight Yoakam. All right, I, I even like country music, and that's a terrible song. All right, here's the song, uh, Manhattan. We'll have Manhattan, the Bronx and Staten Island, too. It's lovely going through the zoo. Is the question which one of these songs would win a basketball game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which song? Well, if she can use yeah. food, I can use music. I yeah. feel like Manhattan yeah. wins that game. Yeah, it's going to be agree. a huge upset. Uh, it's going to mess up John Gallagher's bracket. But do you actually fill out brackets? Do you actually bother to do that, John Gallagher? I don't. I'm actually, due to NCAA rules, we're not allowed to fill out a bracket. Now, I can tell you who I think is going to win, but I, I, I can't fill out a bracket that's against NCAA rules. Okay, tell us who no. you think is going to win. you want to explain to these two who's going to win that game, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to know. Here's the deal. Thank God music and food don't determine basketball games because right. at the end of the day, and I like Manhattan. I, it's, a, it's a good Catholic college. Um they got no shot in that game. I hate to say it. Oh, uh, it's too bad. Bourbon uh, wins again. And uh, so, John Gallagher, who do you think is going to go all the way here? Since you're, you are allowed to tell us who you think is going. Yeah, all the way. I, I think my final four 
Louisville, uh, Michigan State, uh, on the Florida, and the other bracket. Hold on, let me just see here. Uh, who's the who's the two seed in the other bracket? Anybody have a bracket in front of them? Uh, Wisconsin is probably the two seed in the yeah, bracket. Wisconsin. That it's, yeah. Yep. So that's so, that's your bracket. That's your final my four. My bracket, and then I have I actually have uh, Louisville winning it all again. All right. So you have wow. Wisconsin beating Arizona with the two, if the two favorites came to that. Correct. In the eight. Yeah. Wow. Yep. This is not what my bracket looks like. <laughs> what, 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 is, what is your final four now, Julia, uh, okay. using the food food analysis? Um, well, I I mean, I'm very loyal. So um, UConn Burgers went very far um, into the final four. And then I actually chose um, – this is, became an interesting uh, final four for me because for UCLA, I had In-N-Out Burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was burger, burger on burger. Burger burger, yeah. Yeah. So for that, um, I just had to go with Yukon because one is an ingredient in another one. Um, and then on the other side, much more interesting slash possibly normal, I had Oregon going really far with coffee and voodoo donuts, which are delicious. <laughs> and finally, and this is who I think is going to take it all, um, we've got Duke with hot sauce. Um, hot sauce is the ultimate food, and Duke is obviously a great team. And you can use hot sauce to subdue other foods, too. I think that's a, it's an offensive weapon. Hot sauce on any of these foods would ruin or enhance them. You know, hot sauce is a life changer. It's a meal changer. All right, so we've got some calls coming in. We also have to have a quick conversation with Wofford College, which we do every single year. John Gallagher's with us. We're going to grab a quick break. Uh, in this song, uh, we have more musical analysis. You can just pick almost anything from this song. Peaches come from Georgia and lobsters come from Maine. The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska. And Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain. Old whiskey comes from old Kentucky. Ain't the country lucky? New Jersey gives us... Here's a possible first-round upset, House of Lannister versus Crimea. Take Crimea and the points. Today's show was produced by Betsy Kaplan and me. Our intern is Jane Ashley. The part of Bill Curry was played by, wait for it, eh, never mind. Greg Hill appeared in our intro and tweets for us at WNPR Colin. Katie Talarski is our executive producer. For show pages, articles, and photos of the Faith Middleton show mascot Hoppy, the braised rabbit served with smoked dates and toast points, go to WNPR.org, our awesome website. On tomorrow's show, Martin Hayes, the world's most creative Irish fiddler, comes to our studio. And now, back to Colin. All right, we've got a lot of things to do here uh, in studio. Bill Curry, Julia Pistel with their brackets. And uh, also uh, joining us in just a second, uh, Brad Stilley. He is the Brad Stilley. He's the vice president for enrollment at Wofford, our sister college here. Uh, we've also got uh, Dan from Cromwell, Cromwell on the line with a comment about the Warren Buffett billion-dollar payoff. Uh, John Gallagher's here with us. He's the head coach of the Hartford Hawks basketball team at the University of Hartford. You know, John, you just heard some talk about um, mascots. And I am a little bit uh, obsessed with uh, some of the, uh, the creatures that, kind of appear on the court and, and, and hop around in costumes. You obviously play a lot of these teams. You see a lot of these mascots. Um, do you have like you, any of your, do you have like a top four or anything like that? Top four mascots. I have the top mascot, which is the St. Joe's Hawk, because he has to flap 
the whole game, and he cannot stop flapping. Really? Is that really true? Is that a rule? Wow. Is that well, legal? He gets, full, he gets a full scholarship. He travels with the team. He's treated like a, a player. He eats the pregame meal. He's literally, it's a sacred thing within the school. Uh, you have to, it's a tryout of, and every year it's a tryout, I'd say, between as low as 10, as much as 30 to try out. You have to write a letter, what it and means to be a Hawk. Have they destroyed uh, the videos of these tryouts? <laughs> it's like it's like halfway between cheerleading and enhanced interrogation. That's amazing. <laughs> so you have to keep, the rule is you lose your scholarship if you if you stop flapping during the games? Well, Matt, you, you, you're, you, you're, they'll take the scholarship and you're, you're done. You have to, when, <laughs> first of all, when you get done the game and, you know, you go in the locker room and you take a knee, you know, because it's a Catholic college. You take a knee and you 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 get a, a moment of silence. The coach Coach Martelli does, and the the hawk then takes his hat off. He's drenched more than the players. That's how much he sweat. Yeah, I mean he is. It is a an exhaust of. Uh, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, oh, yeah. he has to be in great shape. You know, if he uh, were a real hawk. Someone would stop this. Peter would come in right. if it were an actual hawk you couldn't treat and a wheel put an end to this. But, no soaring? You, know, you can't just soar for you know, a minute? But no. a college student, yes. Can't glide. Can't yeah, glide. Let, no. him, let him flap. All right. <laughs> now, so that, that probably is the best mascot. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you right case. now, the best is we played at Rhode Island uh, when I was uh, might have been a junior. And they put a, um, a tube over his head to try to get him to stop flapping. And his, his the, the the mask came off, and he still flapped as he tried to fight the guy in the stands. It was one of the funny. It was only at the end. It was one of the funniest things. Oh, that's a great do you, country. Do you know what he's doing now? Yeah. Um, he's, he's making a lot of money. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> John Gallagher, so great to talk to you. Uh, next year, of course, you're going to be in the field of 64. Uh, don't forget us, though. We want we want to have this phone call as you're getting ready to go to one of these regionals. And the trivia question about Wofford. Yep. Who's the PGA Tour golf golfer that's uh, that's on tour right now that went to Wofford? Ooh, I, I actually I did research into Wofford, but I don't know the answer. What's the answer? I golf with him, one of the greatest guys in the world, Will McGirt. Will McGirt. All right. Well, listen, uh, thanks so much for joining us, John Gallagher. Always great to talk to you uh, every year about the field of 64. Since we're on the subject of Wofford, uh, let's uh, have a quick conversation here. Years and years ago, uh, I think it all began, maybe the first year we did this, Wofford College was invited to the big dance for the first time uh, to play UConn. And since then, uh, they've uh, done pretty well. This is their third time, I think, in five years. So Brand Stilley is joining us. He's the uh, vice president for enrollment at Wofford College. President Dunlap used to join us, but he's not the president anymore. They've got a new president there. So um, first of all, I assume, Brand Stilley, welcome to the show. And I assume there's Terrier Mania on your campus there in South Carolina. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Colin. Um, yeah, there's certainly terrier, terrier mania here on campus this week. It's great to be back in the tournament again. Um, and so the the uh, we should say you've had a really good year from that. I mean, he just mentioned a golfer. I didn't know about the golfer. But didn't you also have a Jeopardy? Uh, t- wasn't Ben Ingram a Jeopardy champion? Wasn't he also from Wofford? He was one of our recent graduates. He was a, a top 10 money winner on Jeopardy this past summer. Wow. So, so it's been, what's going on at Wofford? Why are you having all this success right now? 
Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think there are a lot of great things going on here at Wofford. Um, we just had um, a visit from Buzz Aldrin on campus oh, not wow. long ago. Hmm. Um, we've got a lot of things going on. We have a, a psychology professor who's retired who's working with um, a dog. 60 Minutes was here on campus recently. And um, the psychology professor has taught his dog more words than any other dog. Um, and uh, that so will be in a 60-minute spot That is really um, impressive. later this spring. I love that. That's terrific. Uh, I'm going to just go over to Julia. If you look down at the bottom of the Midwest uh, regionals mm-hmm. there, uh, Julia, you see Wofford uh, lining up against Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. Julia's done mm-hmm. a uh, sort of indigenous food analysis mm-hmm. for all the games. What are you seeing there uh, down there at the bottom of that bracket? Okay, Wofford has something called frogmore stew, which is like sausage and corn. Um, and that's going up against Michigan's huge industrial complex of potato chips. So that was a really tough matchup for me. But I got to say, I gave it to Michigan. And I feel bad chips. about that because yeah. I don't think they have a talking dog. Frogmore <laughs> stew has um, shrimp, too. Oh, shrimp in it, uh, too. Does it? I oh, that, that changes everything, right? Changes that, everything. That changes everything, yeah. Changes everything. I think yeah. it goes the other way. What were you going to yeah. say, Bill Curry? Well, just that. Um, Wofford, because they've never done anything to hurt anyone. Yeah. Okay. They're so and nice then, at Wofford. And again, over Michigan, which uh, has uh, copped a tremendous uh, attitude and with which we compete as a public university. So, I mean, it's a, that was a, t- a no-brainer, really. All right. Well, so, uh, Brandon Stilley, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we, we, Wofford is sort of a little sweetheart school for us on this show. We love them very much, and we do uh, wish them well. I just want to, you know, nobody really ever asks me, you know, Bill and Julia don't say, well, before we go to Dan and Cromwell, and Dan, I will go to you. <laughs> Bill and Julia don't say to me, well, what do you think? What are you know, some of your ideas about things? We know why, you're going to tell you, us anyway. Why, why do you think that is? <laughs> so um, I was looking at another game in the first round, and that's Duke uh, versus Mercer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So I did a musical analysis of this, too. So um, uh, This would be Duke Ellington versus Johnny Mercer. Well, no, if we did that, that would be a problem because uh, they wrote Satin Doll together. Uh, but then you've got Vernon Duke, who wrote Taking a Chance on Love, which is what a lot of people do when they're filling out the brackets, versus yeah. Johnny Mercer. You've got who, Gene Chandler. Who, Johnny Mercer wrote uh, Something's Got to Give, which is basically the principle that obtains uh, here with the brackets. But I also realize they have two autumn songs. So... Um, uh, I guess we're going to hear Autumn Leaves first. This is Autumn Leaves. Johnny Mercer, of course, uh, wrote the l- lyrics to Autumn Leaves. Here's a little of that. The falling leaves drift by my window. The autumn leaves of red and gold. All right. That's, by the way, Doris Day singing that. Uh, Lovely and, job. And but. so Johnny Mercer, uh, that was Johnny Mercer. Vernon Duke wrote Autumn in New York. So I hear, let's hear a little bit of Frank singing that. Autumn in New York Why does it seem so inviting? Frank at his peak. Yeah. So I... I don't know. Speaking I, of autumn. I, it would be a big upset, but I think Johnny Mercer is a better songwriter than Vernon. I love Vernon Duke. I mean, I love a lot of songs that he wrote, but I think you have to give this to Johnny Mercer. So my musical analysis is uh, to go that way. Okay, that was my one contribution besides uh, the other musical analysis. Uh, here's Dan from Cromwell. Hi, Dan. Hi, Colin. So uh, what have you got for us? Uh, so I was looking at the billion-dollar bracket today, which is, uh, you know, you pick a perfect bracket and Warren Buffett gets a billion dollars, and I was reading through Nate Silver's blog, trying to give my best statistical attempt at winning a billion dollars, which of course isn't going to happen. And I started crunching numbers. And it turns out that the odds of 
picking just the perfect first round is one in 4.3 billion. Oh and the God. odds of picking the whole thing correctly works out to be one in 36 quadrillion. <laughs> I got this in the bag. Yeah, but, uh, so that's why, in <laughs> fact, you should use Julia's method. Because your chances, I mean, are not substantially different anyway than if you tried to be smart about it. I mean, you have basically the same chance. Uh, Her and Nate Silver are both going to pick completely wrong brackets. Right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I, yes. Which you, makes me Nate Silver's equal. Right, Thank exactly. you. That's you're, really amazing. You're, you're every bit as good as, as Nate, uh, Nate Silver, at least at the Warren Buffett version of this. Now, see, the uh, Tucker Ives had this theory that, you know, if let's say if you if you pick them all correctly through the first three or four rounds, like getting into the final eight or the uh, you know the elite eight or the final four, maybe Warren Buffett would try to buy you out for $10 million. Um, and I kind of like that idea because I would take the $10 million. What do you think you'd offer me right now? Just to go away yeah. or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Buffett's $10 million for getting to the elite eight. I mean, I'll could you, you pick I'll up give uh, you 10 50 bucks. grand? Or, uh, no. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, so you, but you have not revealed your final four. What is your final four? Where, or, well, have you... I want, again, I want Florida uh, because we beat them. And uh, uh, I want UConn when to— When you say uh, we, you mean UConn. Because UConn beat them at the beginning. Of the year. Yes, right. we would be— my but team, you UConn. Have no yeah. part in it. Yeah, and sure. then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, UConn itself, uh, yeah. because you'd have the tremendous satisfaction of uh, knocking off both Villanova and North Carolina, and then uh, Wichita State, uh, because uh, because I, I like them, and uh, and then either Arizona or Creighton for real, actually, in uh, coming out of that, uh, where the coach had uh, Wisconsin, probably Arizona. People should watch Creighton. Uh, catch a game. This uh, uh, Doug McDermott uh, would be the fourth highest score in the history of basketball. He'll be one of these guys like Jimmer Fredette and Adam Morrison who will never play probably at that level in college. But you'll see a great, great college player play one of his last couple of games probably in this next week. Mm. So watch UConn and Root and see them uh, shake up the world. And then uh, and then catch this McDermott. He's actually pretty amazing to, to see. All right. For more information about everything you've heard here, somehow or other, we have to get Julia's food analysis and get it up on the web somehow because I, I think it's a, it it's a keeper. All right. So go to WNPR.org uh, later today. We'll, we'll do our best. We'll do our best uh, to help you out there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Irish music. Steve Dietrich uh, from uh, Celtic Airs at University of Hartford and Martin Hayes, the most amazing Irish fiddler you will ever hear anywhere. We'll be in studio with us. I'm Kion Wolf, and I've picked out Tilda, Wilhelm, Hedda, Otto, Bjorn, Johan, and Annika for my Swede 16. Go, fighting Hublad Hopens!